Hi, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. And today we're looking at the first of the three human conditions. We're all a little afraid. And I use the word fear because it's the most common term that we use. We say things like, I'm afraid this isn't going to work out. I'm afraid that I didn't hire the right person. I'm afraid because my kids are learning how to drive. We just use fear very commonly throughout our lives. But actually the word fear isn't the right term unless we're talking about physical and imminent danger. If there's a tiger in the room or a tornado coming, you should be afraid. You should not only be afraid, it's that fear that puts us into action. This is where you get that fight or flight response. And you should get out of the way of that fear. <laughs> what we experience most in our day-to-day -day life and work isn't physical danger. It's uncertainty. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And so it creates a stress response because our brain is always trying to finish the story. And when we don't know how the story progresses, we don't know how it ends, it gives us a stress response. And that stress response could lead us to feeling like we're in fight or flight mode, like we have to immediately take action. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we just need the space to process the uncertainty that we're in. But because our brain really wants to know what happens next, it is continually creating a hypothesis, which is why you can read the words on that screen even though they're not complete. Because our brain is always trying to fill in the gaps of uncertainty. And that's where we get into this think overthink, repeat of always trying to process everything that's coming at us, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. In fact, the National Science Foundation says an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those, 80% are negative and 95% are on repeat, which is where we get a lot of our stress is by constantly trying to figure out what's happening next. And one of the most important reasons for us to have the first two boxes in the personal story framework acknowledged, food, water, rest, energy, and then daily stillness is to combat our need to always respond to everything that we think with action or negativity. We can choose to believe that things are going to turn out far better than we can even plan for or, or think about and assume that things are working out for our good and not feeling like we need to respond to every single stimulus that we receive. We have a very strong bias, as we've talked about previously, for control. And that strong bias for control, control, measure, optimize, remember the business 
approach when we treat our human bodies with that business approach, we get striving and striving said, I got to fix everything. I'm in control of everything. And that makes me uncomfortable and that makes me tired and that makes me ugh. Instead, we don't always need to respond to everything. Sometimes we need a snack and a nap and let things to work itself out or let others to work things out for themselves. Fear isn't a tiger chasing you. It's the blank space of uncertainty waiting for you to choose. Is this catastrophic doom or am I going to choose courageous optimism? And sometimes the courageous optimism comes in that space of stillness. So there are two factors in that space of uncertainty. The first one is what I have labeled for myself as the little bitch in my head. She's my inner critic. Here's the thing about our inner critic. They're a lifer. They're never going away. Our inner critic is designed to keep us safe. But again, most of the situations that we're in are not tigers and tornadoes or physical danger. They're just uncertainty. And because of our strong bias for control, we think we're supposed to do something with or not do something at all with what's happening around us. And so this inner critic, (coughs) excuse me, this inner critic can want us to stop when there's uncertainty and say things like, you're not going to do that, are you? I don't think they're going to like it. Remember when we tried this thing last time and things didn't work out? Our inner critic has a hard drive that can be plugged in immediately that reminds us of every dumb thing we've ever said or done or experienced. And the inner critic is like, just keep everything the same. It's better if we don't do things differently. Our inner critic believes that same equals safe. But that's not actually true. This idea of same equals safe is the same reason that people will stay in abusive relationships. Because the uncertainty of change, even if it means to be in a place that is more safe, is more threatening than staying in a place that isn't. And so I have a strategy for my inner critic, the little bitch in my head. I say, look, girl, you can get in the passenger seat with a seatbelt and a snack, but you don't get to drive. And I've built a personal relationship with this little bitch in my head, this inner critic You can call yours whatever you want. That language may not resonate with you, but growing up on a small farm in Southeast Indiana with all boys, cursing was my (laughs) primary love language. And so this resonates with me to say, all right, no, this is not what we're doing. You are not going to hold me back. Give yours whatever name that you want to give yours. But the key here is to have a relationship with your inner critic so that you can let them know that we're not stopping because we're uncomfortable. Instead of this inner critic, critical voice, we're going to replace it with 
a kinder voice, the voice of a first responder. Think of firefighters or EMT. First responders, when they show up in a situation that's uncomfortable or maybe hasn't gone as well as it could have, like an accident, they don't roll up there criticizing, saying, what are you, an idiot? Do you not know how to drive? They're not critical. They're not mean like that inner critic can sometimes be. The first responder says, are you okay? How can I help you? And so the first conversation that you have with yourself, when that inner critic tries to show up, you're going to say, nope, you can get in the passenger seat with a seatbelt and a snack. I'm going to listen to this kind first responder voice. And then you're going to say to yourself, I'm okay. What do I need? And it's in that space of stillness that you choose optimism, that you say, this may be a challenge, but I'm equipped. I may need to ask for help, but I know who I can ask. I'm okay. And maybe I don't need to have any response at all. Maybe I just need to breathe and pause and let this play out. So our, our response to we're all a little afraid in the human condition, and especially as we're going from known situations to unknown situations, is to acknowledge that we're simply in an unknown situation. We're simply in this space of uncertainty. And that's okay. And that space of uncertainty means we might be about to go on an adventure. And while we may come up with some challenges, there's going to be somebody to come alongside us and help. And that we are equipped with our inner thrive guide and our wealth of experience from our story center that we've already had in our lives.